This is the foundation podcast for all the mental skills and psychological skills in this series of podcasts. Please spend some time listening to this one and replay the bits you're not sure of so that you can get a really good, deep understanding of how the human mind works. I'm going to start this one off with a question for you. I want you to think about a time where you've done something and later regretted it. So just spend a moment thinking about something that you've done that you've later regretted. And let me give you an example or two to help you. It might be you've had an argument with a loved one over something petty. And later on you thought, what was that all about? I wish I hadn't done that. Or it might be that you've eaten something, eaten something that is delicious but you know is not good for you. It could be crisps, chocolate, cakes. And later on you thought, wow, I've eaten too much of that. I don't feel great. I wish I hadn't done that. So have a think now about something that you've done or maybe that you do frequently that you later regret. Okay, so the question is, if you later regret whatever it is you've just thought of, why do you do it? Why not just not do it in the first place? Well, the reason is, is that we're not operating with one single mind that is completely logical and makes perfect decisions all the time. There are actually three parts of our mind at work. The first part of our mind we'll call the emotional thinking mind. The second part of our mind at work we're going to call the logical thinking mind. And the third part of our mind we're going to call the reference system or the computer or essentially it's our memory. Now in any situation your emotional thinking mind goes first. That's the rule. This is how the mind works. This is how your mind works. Your emotional thinking mind goes first. And by the way, when it's doing that, it also disables the logical thinking mind temporarily. And when this happens, we call this a hijack, an emotional hijack. So your mind is temporarily hijacked by your emotional thinking mind while it decides what to do. So let's look at how the emotional thinking mind works. The emotional thinking mind doesn't think logically. It thinks emotionally. Now what do I mean by that, thinking emotionally? Well, emotional thinking isn't the same as emotions. So emotional thinking might be things like catastrophizing, you know, expecting the worst. So somebody says to you, oh, the boss wants to see you your brain will immediately go, the emotional thinking brain will immediately go something along the lines of, what have I done wrong? I must be in trouble. Maybe I'll lose my job. If I lose my job, I can't pay my rent or my mortgage. And if I can't pay my rent or my mortgage, I'm going to be homeless. And those thoughts happen within a split second of someone saying, the boss needs to see you. Now, when you actually go and see the boss and they talk to you about something fairly mundane and unimportant, you realise that uh, it wasn't anywhere near as bad as your brain was making you think it might be, but your brain went into, into catastrophic thinking mode. That is a, an example of emotional thinking. Another example of emotional thinking is paranoia. 
where we believe people are out to get us. We believe everybody is out to get us. So we're on our guard. We're suspicious of everyone. Now, again, people aren't out to get us generally, but it's a, a way of thinking that protects us because if we're on our guard and constantly scanning for who might be out to get us, then it's going to keep us safe. And this is a key part of the emotional thinking mind. All of this emotional thinking is designed to keep you safe. Instant judgment is another uh, kind of emotional thinking where when we meet someone for the first time, we're instantly making a judgment about them. And that part of the brain is basically asking the question, is it safe? Is it safe to be around this person? So we make an instant judgment that, oh, we really like that person or didn't really like that person. And that instant judgment is a judgment around keeping us safe. Now, often the instant judgment isn't accurate. Often the paranoia isn't valid. Often the catastrophic thinking isn't valid. And yet we still engage in it. And it can still create tension and anxiety in us as, as the uh, mind thinks like that. So that's the emotional thinking mind. Uh, and it's always there. It's always jumping in. It's always doing its thing. It's doing its thing all the time. We're making constant judgments. We're constantly trying to evaluate, are we safe at some level? So just a very simple act of crossing the road. As we're crossing the road, if a bus is coming along, we're monitoring that and we are trying to get out of the way of the bus if we see it coming. Now, actually, what the emotional thinking mind engages in to keep you safe is it engages in fight, flight, freeze responses. So when it senses physical danger, it prepares your body for a fight, flight, freeze response. Now, what do I mean by a fight, flight, freeze response? You may have heard that terminology before. A flight, fight, flight, freeze response means that in the face of danger, we're going to do one of three things automatically. We're either going to try and escape. That's the flight. We're going to hide. That's the freeze. Or, worst case, if we, haven't, if we can't do either of the other two options we're going to fight to protect ourselves so that fight flight freeze response is very powerful it keeps us alive it's very helpful in physical in situations of physical danger it's not so helpful in other situations and this is where we start to encounter issues with how our mind works so in situations of psychological danger that part of the brain, the emotional thinking part, can't really distinguish psychological danger from physical danger. It sees them both as the same thing. So now let's think about some psychological danger. You're in a meeting. You put across a point of view. Someone prevents, presents a different point of view. You feel that that's an attack on your point of view. So you now go into a fight-flight-freeze response. You're going to either defend your point of view and attack theirs that's the fight you're going to decide that you want to leave the room and you might not physically be able to leave the room but you'll shut down and decide I just want to get out of here as soon as possible uh, and that will come across as slightly sulky behavior or 
you'll just cross your arms, shut down and think, I'm not going to say anything else. And that's the freeze. And this is an illustration of how this emotional thinking part of our mind operates. It, it just takes over and it tries to protect us, but it tries to protect us in a, very, a fairly blunt way of a fight, flight, freeze response. It's really the only strategy it's got for solving problems is a fight, flight, freeze response. So it's not particularly helpful unless we're in real physical danger. So that's the emotional thinking mind. And it's there all the time, as I said, and it's there to protect you. Now, let's look at the logical thinking mind. So the logical thinking mind doesn't do any of that. The logical thinking mind just says, give me the facts, give me the evidence, give me all the data, and I'm going to apply this logic that I have, and I'm going to work it out. I'm going to work out solutions. I'm very solution-focused. I'm very good at sorting out solutions, at working out solutions, and I'm going to work out the answer. Now, that sounds great, doesn't it? That part of the mind, that sounds really helpful. Uh, the problem we've got is that part of the mind isn't very powerful. In other words, it can't really take control. The emotional thinking part of your mind is the part that's in control most of the time, for good reason. The emotional thinking part of the mind is there to jump in when it senses danger. It's a bit like uh, an antivirus checker on a, on a computer, where the antivirus checker has to process all the information that's coming in uh, to decide whether there's there's a virus there. So the emotional thinking mind's a bit like that as a filter. It's filtering everything that's coming in, saying, is there any danger? Is there anything I need to be worried about? If so, I'm going to act. Now, how does it actually decide to act, the emotional thinking mind? How does it decide to act? Well, it, it looks into the third component of the mind that I want to speak to, which is your memory system. Now, your memory system is like a reference system, like a big library, like a big library of information. Or you could look at it as a bit like a computer database. So we might call this the memory system. We might call it a reference library. We might call it a computer. But it's basically a huge set of data that you have accumulated over your lifetime for how the world works. So you've got information that you've stored in your mind about what's happened to you and crucially how it's felt. So the feelings of, of events are stored in your memory as well. So let's just say when you were young, you were frightened by a dog. That's, let's say the age of five. It made you scared. So what your mind does is it stores the information that presented itself. So it says, OK, that four legged thing with two ears and a tail with big teeth, that's a frightening thing. That's a dangerous thing. Let's store that in the reference system, in the computer, in the memory, for future reference. So let's just say a few months later, you see another one of these creatures. The emotional thinking mind looks into the reference system and says, right, I've just seen a thing with four legs, two ears and a tail with big teeth. What do we think of that? And the reference system comes back with an answer and says, well, the last time we saw one of these, it scared us and it made us feel fearful and it wasn't pleasant. So the emotional thinking mind says, OK, well, if that's the case, I'd better avoid this. And I, the only way I know how to avoid this is a fight, flight, freeze response. So the emotional thinking mind now typically would want to hide or run away from the dog. Now, what happens over our lifetime, of course, is we might meet more dogs and we realise that not all dogs are dangerous or frightening. 
And so we get different programming into our computer, into our memory system, into our reference system. So over time, we start to learn that most dogs are friendly and fluffy and cuddly and playful. And so when we see them in, in future, we uh, have a different pattern match where the emotional thinking mind says, I've seen one of those things again. And the uh, computer system, the memory system, the reference system comes back with an answer of, yeah, those things are okay. They're friendly. And so we are not then in a fight, flight, freeze response. So what's really crucial here is that the conversation between your emotional thinking mind and your reference system is driving your life. When you pick up a toothbrush to brush your teeth, you don't have to think about how to do it. There's a pattern matching process that goes on. And that pattern matching process basically says, right, here's a toothbrush, or here's a thing, here's an object. And the reference system says, yep, know what one of those objects is. This is what you do. And it knows how to brush your teeth. When we're driving a car, we're getting into the car and the emotional thinking mind is saying, right, I'm about to take charge of half a ton of metal. Do we know what we're doing? And the reference system says, yep, done it loads of times before. We know exactly what we're doing. Leave me to it. I'll do it for you. And so what happens is the emotional thinking mind stands down and the reference system knows how to drive a car because you've learned. You learned how to drive a car and that's all well programmed in to your reference system. So your reference system, your computer, your memory, um, invokes the programs that are required to drive the car and your brain, that part of your brain, drives the car pretty effortlessly without you really having to think. And this is why we can drive from A to B without really thinking and often we get to our destination and think hmm did I drive that car okay did did I navigate the roundabouts did I go through the traffic lights okay I don't really remember I probably did but the reason you don't remember is because it was all done on automatic now here's the really interesting thing it's quick the reference system when it can take control when it's allowed to take control it's very quick it processes things quickly it can run its programming quickly, so it's very, very quick. Now, it will do that only when the emotional thinking mind says it's safe to do so. And the emotional thinking mind will only say it's safe to do so when the reference system reassures it that it's safe. So the example of getting in the car, the reference system is talking to the emotional thinking mind saying, yep, we've done this loads of times before, I know how to do it, it's perfectly safe. So the uh, emotional thinking mind says, OK, I'll leave you to it. And the reference system drives the car. Now, if we apply this to skills-based work, whether this is in business or in sport or in any other activity, if we're talking about skills-based work, where do we want to be working from? Do we want to be working from the emotional thinking mind, which can be... Um, random it can be as I said go into a fight flight freeze response uh, so it's erratic do we want to be operating from the reference system the, the memory the computer which is highly accurate if it's well programmed and very fast or do we want to be operating from the logical thinking mind now I haven't spoken much about the speed of how that works, but the logical thinking mind is slow and quite effortful. So 
when we use our logical thinking minds, although it's very accurate, it takes up quite a lot of our cognitive energy. So it's quite hard. It's quite hard to use our um, logical thinking mind. So the answer to that question is, is we want to be in the computer, in the reference system. That's where we can deliver our skills most effectively, most efficiently. Now, I just want to give you an example of this. I want you to feel this for yourselves. So here's a little experiment I want you to do. I'm going to ask you to do some maths. So what I want you to do is I want you to recite your three times table. And I'm going to give you a few seconds to do this. And you know what I mean. I just want you to go three, six, nine, etc. So right now, recite your three times table. Okay, so hopefully you said out loud, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 27. Brilliant. So most of us can do that. Um, not everybody, but most of us will be able to do that. So if you did that successfully, that's brilliant. If you didn't do it successfully, don't worry. Um, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about uh, how this works later. Um, so what I want you to now try is to recite your 17 times table. So out loud, I want you to recite your 17 times table. Okay, feeling a bit um, anxious about that? Not sure where to go? Okay, well look, just have a go. So I'm gonna give you some time and space to just have a go. Okay, where did you get to? So we go 17, 38, 51, gets a bit harder now, get to 68. I'm not sure where we go from there. It's like 85 maybe. Now, notice that was probably a little bit harder, maybe quite a lot harder. So what's just happened? Well, let me explain how your brain's just worked. I gave you a question which was recite your three times table, gave you a request to recite your three times table. So that goes straight to your emotional thinking brain for processing. Your emotional thinking brain says, I'm going to ask the computer, I'm going to ask the reference system how to do this. Now notice in this process, there is no human brain. The human brain is temporarily switched off while the emotional thinking brain is doing its thing because it's trying to work out if it's safe and it can't have the slow human thinking brain getting in the way. So it switches off the human uh, logical thinking brain and it goes to the reference system. And it says to the reference system, right, we're being asked for the three times table. And the reference system, in most cases, will say, yep, I've got that. Now, the reason I say in most cases, not every case, in most cases, we've learned this at school by rote. We've learned this parrot fashion. We can just repeat it. So for most people, and you may have been one of them, we are able to recite the three times table very effortlessly. Three, six, nine, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24. That's coming from the computer, from the reference system, without us having to do any work. It's just replaying back something that we've learned. And it's effortless and it's quick. Now what happens when a new message comes into our minds and you're asked to recite your 17 times table? So this also goes to the emotional thinking brain for processing. And the emotional thinking brain says, I'll look in my reference system, my computer, my memory, to find the answer. 
And the computer, what does it come back with this time? Yeah, that's right. It comes back with an answer of, I don't know. In most cases, we haven't learned our 17 times table. It's not in there. So the computer's now panicking a bit or sending a message of panic back saying, this doesn't feel safe. I don't know the answer and we're being put on the spot. So we might have an immediate response of, oh, I can't do this or a nervous laugh. And that is what we call a hijack. It's our emotional thinking brain saying, well, I'm going to sort of go into a fight, flight, freeze mode here because I don't want to do this. This feels dangerous. It's a psychological danger. So then I said to you, um, just have a go. If, if you're not sure, just have a go. So what I'm trying to do is make it safe. So the that question goes into the emotional thinking brain. The emotional thinking brain asks the computer, the reference system, saying, asking us to have a go at the, the 17 times table. And the computer, the reference system, gives the same answer. I still don't know, but maybe it's not so dangerous now because we're just being asked to try. So it feels a little bit less um, like we're being put on the spot. So what happens now is, and this is how the brain works, the question is allowed to get to our human logical brain. So the human logical brain, the third, the third part of the three parts that I talked about, um, now receives the information and it's now allowed to process the information because the emotional thinking brain has, has allowed it to. So what now happens is the human logical brain has to work it out. So what we're now doing is some mental gymnastics to take 17, add 17 to it, and hopefully, if we do it correctly, we'll come up with 38. Sorry, 34. There we go. <laughs> 34. That's the correct answer. And when we come up with 34, we've then got to add another 17 to it to come up with 51. So we then come up with the answer 51, but that's we've got to do some mental gymnastics to, to do that, right? So we've got to take the 34, we've got to add 10 to it maybe to get to 44, then we've got to add 7 to that to get to 51, or however you do it, you'll have your own method for doing the addition. The point I'm making is, is that that wasn't easy, right? We've had to think about it. And you notice when I was thinking about it just now, I got it wrong. I went to 38 instead of 34 because my mental gymnastics wasn't wasn't as accurate as it as it could have been. Um, so but when we do apply our logical thinking brain properly, uh, it is slow and it is clunky, but we can get to the correct answer. So what I try to illustrate there is the Logical thinking brain is very accurate, normally, very accurate, but also very slow and hard work to use. So coming back to performance, where do we want to be? Like I said before, we want to be in the computer. We want to be in the reference system because that's the quickest part of our brain by far. And it can deliver the skill effortlessly, but only if the skill has been programmed in. And that's the key thing. The logical thinking brain is great at learning skills. Uh, you think about learning to drive. Think about all the lessons you had. Think about how you were when you started learning to drive, how clunky the whole process was as you were learning. This was your human slow brain kicking in, trying to figure things out, trying to work out how everything worked, doing all the problem solving. But once you start to learn the skills, they get programmed into the computer. They get programmed into the reference system. Once those skills are well embedded in the reference system, then you're able to recall those skills when you need them. So how does all this apply to 
sport and business, well, that learning process is really important, that repetitive learning process, that drilling of skills into the computer in the learning process is really important to get the right skills, to get the best skills programmed in for, for use later, for access later. So the more we practice, the more the computer gets programmed. Now, of course, the computer, the reference system, can be programmed with unhelpful information. So, for example, if I see a donut and my computer, my reference system says, oh, they're nice, I'm likely to eat the donut because my emotional thinking brain will say, yep, the computer's just said, let's eat the donut, so let's eat the donut. If um, and I might not want to eat the donut, right? My my logical brain might say, "Well, I'm I'm trying to be healthy. I don't want to eat the donut." But it's already too late because the emotional thinking brain and the computer have just decided between them to eat the donut, and I haven't had a say in it. I only get a say later when I start to say, "Hang on a minute, why did we eat the donut? I wasn't involved in that decision." But the emotional thinking brain and the computer say, "Tough luck, you missed out." And if there are three donuts, I might even end up eating three donuts, and then my logical thinking brain might be saying. Um, that was a really crazy decision and the, the emotional thinking brain might be saying, yeah, don't I know it, I now feel sick. So even though the emotional thinking brain made the decision, it might let be later regretting it. So how do we get around that? How do we deal with that? Well, what I really need to do is to program my computer with some helpful information that maybe says donuts aren't good for me, that maybe says, uh, I don't know, Maybe eat something a bit more healthy. So if you're offered a donut, maybe say no. But if you're hungry, go and eat some, I don't know, hummus or something. Something that's more help, healthy and helpful to me in those moments when I'm hungry. So that stops me, if I can program that in, that stops me from reaching for, say, the biscuits or the cakes when I'm hungry or the crisps or whatever. And then maybe moves me towards a more healthy snack. But I have to do that repetitively. I have to think about that repetitively. I have to perform that action repetitively. I have to feel how that has worked for me repetitively in order to program my computer with the habit, with a new habit, which is not about eating the donut, which is maybe about eating something more healthy. So we can reprogram our computer with information that is more helpful to us. Now, I hope you've seen here through me talking about all of this, that what's in the computer is absolutely key. Thinking yourself out of problems when you're under pressure is not going to work. You need to have pre-programmed your computer because as I've tried to explain in this, in this podcast, it's the computer that is running everything once it's being asked by the emotional thinking brain. The logical thinking brain isn't there. So it's all about programming the computer. And you do that in quiet moments with your logical thinking brain while you're practicing, while you're thinking things through, while you're considering things. And repetitious practice is going to really help. So look, I hope I've helped you to understand how your mind works. In summary, there are three parts to your mind. There's the emotional thinking brain, there's the logical thinking brain, and there's this computer, this reference system. Most of your decisions, most of the day, are being run by the emotional thinking mind and the computer having a conversation with each other. 
your logical thinking brain only kicks in in those moments where those two parts of the brain a can't solve the problem and b feel safe enough to pass the information to you which is really a very limited set of circumstances so you might like to think you're very logical on a day-to-day basis you're not your life is being run by your emotional thinking mind and your computer so your brain is logical there is a logical part to your brain but you don't access it very often so the key thing here the key message is is get your computer programmed really well in those quiet moments when you have time to practice and reflect and repetitiously practice things to really program that computer well because it will serve you really well that's the end of this podcast I hope that's helped you to understand how your mind works. Please replay sections of this to try to understand it better. And in future podcasts, we'll be referring back to these concepts, this particular concept of these three parts of your mind.